Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to Neil Before Pod interviews. I'm your host, Craig, and I recently had the pleasure of talking to Patrick Fabian, the voice of Harvey Dent in the latest DC animated movie, Batman the Doom that Caped Gotham. The conversation covers voicing an iconic character, speaking in period specific language, and avoiding channeling Tommy Lee Jones. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, Patrick, how's it going? Good. Good stuff. I'd better take your answers with a pinch of salt because you might be a little bit two-faced. Oh, you're a writer. You're a writer already. <laughs> Go for the most obvious, lowest common denominator joke. Yeah, definitely a writer. Uh, all right. How did you become involved in this project? I had worked on a DC animation film that Death of Superman and the Reign of Superman, where I played Hank Henshaw and Cyborg Superman. And I'd worked with Wes Leeson and Sam Liu before on those projects. And so when this came around, Wes reached out and thankfully wanted to see if I was interested. And the answer was, of course, I'm interested in doing it. Who doesn't want to play RV dead? So I guess you have a bit of a connection to comics and superhero stuff then before playing in them, I mean. Well, no, this is the funny thing. I was not a comic book head growing up. The last time we did this, I think it was Sam. He said, well, do you want a comic book? And I was like, no, I was playing outside. I was doing bicycles and I was playing sports and all that. And he goes, oh, you were an outdoor kid. And we all laughed. So I didn't sit around and look at comic books. And I didn't get involved in it until I started watching the movie, to tell you the truth. And so when Wes reached out the first time to the Wayne of Superman, I was unfamiliar with Cyborg Superman. I was unfamiliar with Hank Henshaw and that story. I tried to catch up the speed since. And then now being the, it was the Doom that came to Gotham, the Batman thing has been wonderful. So I try to broaden my horizons each time I get a project, that's for sure. But as you know, there's a couple of decades worth of comic books to catch up on. So I've got an assignment ahead of me. Oh yeah, you could probably read a comic every day for the rest of your life and still not scratch the surface. Yeah, what's your favorite comic? I'm a Spider-Man, Superman guy. I quite like the Virtuous Heroes, Captain America, people like that. I quite like the Hopeful stance on heroism. Yeah, they're virtuous heroes, absolutely. And that's the theme that I like seeing in these as well. You know, there's optimism. I mean, there's a lot of darkness, obviously, with what comes to attack our heroes, but the optimism of the whole thing is what I really like the most. Yeah. With Harvey Dent, he's sort of a fallen good person, isn't he? Or traditionally is. In this version, that's slightly different. I won't say exactly how because of spoilers, but is that something that's appealing to you as an actor to play that someone kind of on the edge, I suppose? Oh, absolutely. And you know, what's great is also playing a character, that, as you pointed out, that people are familiar with and have an idea of who he is. And then this one actually gives us a little different flavor of him, which I think is really nice. I think the audience is really going to like. Did you draw on any previous portrayals of the character, try and throw in a little bit of Tommy Lee Jones manic energy in there or anything? So funny you say that, though. Tommy Lee Jones is in my head forever because I think that's the first time I really saw and fully realized on screen, right? And Tommy Lee Jones is such a good actor. So I really had to try to divorce myself from trying to just ape him. You know what I mean? I didn't want to do that kind of portrayal. And because Wes Gleason, who's the voice director of it all, he's so good at what he does. There was no danger of not ever happening. There was also no danger of it because I'm never going to be as good as Tommy Lee Jones. How about that? <laughs> I suppose your take is... or. Your point in the story, most of it is more the Billy D. Williams style aspect of it, as in the pre-Two-Face, is most of it anyway. Yeah, we spend a lot of time where all of a sudden like, oh, what a good guy. I think people are going to go away saying, oh, this is a great Harvey Dent. He loves him. He's actually good. And you've seen the film, right? Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, when Harvey's at that gate, he's transformed, but he actually wishes the best to Batman as he's going in. I mean, it could be ironic as well, but nonetheless, he's not really doing much to stop him from going. And that's one of the interesting things about these types of films and these types of stories that DC do is it gives you all the 
familiar players but plays around with them in ways that are unfamiliar to the audience so you can still see someone who's as ingrained in culture I suppose as Harvey Dent but still play with them differently and I guess that must be great as an actor going in because you can really put a stamp on it. Yeah it does and I want to thank Sam and Wes for letting me do that sort of thing. Wes is a great guider but he also allowed me to do things that I wanted to do with it, which is good. And I think for the audience, it's a two-faced feeling for the audience, if I may, because they are familiar with Harvey Dent. But as you pointed out, we see him in a bit of a different light, in a different situation here. And for some audience members, I think they're going to really enjoy that, but it also might make them feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, for me, I'm all set to see new things and different takes on things. That's what I love seeing. It's boring getting the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, I mean, this whole Lovecraftian sort of notion that's dripping all over this, I think that's great too. Taking us to the supernatural world, it's a whole new world to go to. It, it's got that wonderful sort of turn of the century feel to it, and yet the things that are consistent are Batman and his sense of right and wrong, and it's such a more you scientifically drilled down on it. But his willingness to look at the facts and then go ahead and say like, oh, I'm going to have to give over to this thing. I'm going to give over to the supernaturalness of it all and see what happens. And I love that leap of faith quality that everybody sort of has. Is it part of your preparation to embrace the time period, try to find out how people behaved back then and try and put that into your performance? The dialogue and the way people speak is always pretty much a good tell of what period you're in. We're in the 20s, and so there's a different way that people speak. There's an elocution that he's better. And the script is tight like that. It actually lends itself to that. And when I was watching the film the other night, what I was really pleased with was that everybody's in the same world, in the same period. There's not one character that's sort of, you know, saying, hey, man, and what's going on? They're all where they should be. And I think there's a more proper way of going about things then. Everybody in the town is wearing fedoras and suits and dresses, even when they're walking down the street. And that lends itself to a different attitude when you speak. What's it like for you doing voiceover work versus being in something like Better Call Saul, where obviously you're thinking about the physical performance as well as the vocal performance? Well, I can tell you that the wardrobe is definitely a thousand times better on Better Call Saul than it is in the sound booth. There's no doubt about that. No offense to Warner Brothers. In terms of doing it, it's all storytelling. And even the booth, I was saying before, this notion of you should have a camera on me because even while I'm in the booth, I'm moving my arms, I'm walking around, I'm getting off the mic. Wes and Sam are having to say, get back on the mic, Patrick. It's a physical thing no matter where you're doing it. And no matter what you're telling, the tale is the reason that you're there. So what I find still thrilling is to see the glorious work of these animators and then to see my voice come out of those mouths. I get so excited when I see that. It's magic. Were most of your recordings or all of your recordings solo recordings without any of the other actors in the film present? Yeah, no, you're always by yourself. In this one in particular, because I think we did it, things were still going on with COVID and COVID protocols were very much in place at the workplace, like a lot of places. So I was definitely by myself in the booth. That's the sort of the constraint that voiceover work usually is. It's kind of rare, I think, that you have a whole bunch of people in a place with a mic anymore. One, because it becomes hard to edit. In the end, you get people talking over one another, and I think for an editor, that's probably very, very difficult. Yeah, well, that's fair. As an aside, I do just have to say that I loved you when you were in Veronica Mars as Hank Landry. That was a great role. I loved that. Show. Oh, it's such a good role. Thank you. I worked with Ed Bagley Jr. on that as well, who I ended up working with on Better Call Saul, obviously. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I think I can't quite remember. Was I sleeping with Ed's wife? I think so. Yeah, his wife in the show was having an affair with you. Yeah, and then I got accused of killing somebody, but I didn't kill him. And then I did kill somebody, and I did go to jail. But what I wanted to say was that Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell was fantastic. She was one of the nicest people I'd ever worked with, which is why I love Veronica Mars, because Veronica Mars herself is kind of a pill, isn't she? Yeah, great show. And it was good to reminisce with you on that one. Great, thanks, man. 
Well, thanks very much for your time and good luck with the film and hopefully hear your voice in other comic book projects in the future. It'd be great to hear your take on other people. Ah, thank you, man. I hope so too. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. You too. That was my interview with Patrick Fabian. I wish him the very best for all future projects. If you like what you heard, then please hit subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We'd love if you'd leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you want to discuss this interview, Batman or DC in general, or anything else, then you can contact us on Twitter or Facebook under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. For more interviews, a monthly news podcast, and deep dive analytical discussions about your favourite nerdy things, join us on Neil Before Pod.